All right, welcome to Old School, Jank Uger, Ben Mankiewicz, Dave Kohler with you guys. Old School, Old School, okay. Um, so we got serious topics for you guys, we got light topics for you guys. Uh, as usual on Old School, we don't really wanna do the um, the serious topics, but obviously the shooting happened in Buffalo. Um, this is kind of a combination of two. I'm gonna get to avocados in a second, overrated or not. Okay, so don't hang in there. Uh, of course, by the way, brought to you, speaking of food, brought to you by Too Strong Coffee, toostrongcoffee.com slash TYT. Uh, they were out of stock for a while because of Biden's <laughs> shortage of supply chain issues, okay? But now, uh, now we're back. Uh, so hurry up and rush out and get more coffee before we run out of stock again. Toostrongcoffee.com slash TYT, best coffee in the world. I'm okay. sure there was plenty of coffee in Ukraine though with all the billions of dollars we send over there. Yeah, well, a lot of people are pissed about that. Um, <laughs> I know. So, yeah. Um, well, you know, I got two things to say. One, I don't have an opinion about avocados. I'm just kidding. Of course, I have an opinion about avocados. It's like 12 minutes long. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, one, uh, nobody ran out of coffee when Trump was president. I was always, I just had more coffee than I knew what to do with. Um, and secondly, like I get it, people are pissed off about Ukraine, but they're missing the point. The point is we shouldn't be pissed off about money being sent to Ukraine. Of course, we should send the money to Ukraine or to some extent. Yeah, I got it. I, I, I trust literally everyone who's ever dealt with foreign policy in their life that we should probably be funding Ukraine. But it's a sign that this panic that we go into when we wanna fund other things is just made up, right? Because right. if we wanna find $40 billion, guess what? It's right there, we have it. That's only 100% correct. Uh, in fact, it's inarguably correct. And that is why nobody wants to talk about that. Um, so in fact, some right wingers did exactly what we, what we said they would do on TYT because we know politics, right? And so we said you know, Biden had the $10 billion COVID relief package and a $40 billion Ukraine relief package. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to pass them together. Here we go again with the coupling and the decoupling. And the Republicans said, hell no, we're not gonna help Americans, you idiot. But the, the $40 billion is going to a defense contractor, so that's approved instantly, right? And Biden, as always, because he's incredibly weak, pathetically weak, was like, okay, okay, let's decouple, oh, we don't forget Americans. And we said what they're gonna do is they're gonna instantly turn around and say, this son bitch wouldn't even help uh, Americans, he helped Ukraine first. Exactly what Rand Paul said in his speech on the Senate floor, exactly what Fox News said the same. The, uh, the day afterwards, okay, Jesse Waters. So, of course, uh, like uh, guys, honestly, the you've been told this mythology your whole life that people in power know what they're doing. They don't. Democratic leaders are idiots. Uh, we, uh, if we can figure out they were going to be criticized for agreeing with the Republicans in exactly the way that we said, how come they can't figure it out? Well, so, but let me ask you this. So, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I don't disagree with you. It's just that, like. What's the other part? The another part of that is so what? What Rand Paul and Fox News say? I mean, they're going to say it no matter what the circumstances are. So, and if you couldn't pass the bill, and then you don't fund Ukraine either. I mean, that's obviously the other no, hand. No, nope, yep. nope, 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 nope. So it's a great question, it. Ben. All right, I mean, so, I disagree. I disagree with you ahead of time, but go ahead. <laughs> okay, yeah. So look at. I'll show you exactly how easy it is. Politics is is. 90% framing, marketing, 
because what do people believe and 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 that drives folks, right? So if uh, if one that if I was president, and the Republicans told me, no, we're not going to give COVID relief money, we're to, only to the Ukrainians, but not to Americans. I'd be like, oh, thank you so much, I really appreciate it. I'd go to a press conference and I say, these sons of bitch Republicans don't want to give you money. They want to give Ukraine, and I have I want to give to Ukraine. We've got to help those people in Ukraine. But they say, don't help Americans. What happened to America first? American, apparently for Republicans, it's America dead last. That's who these guys are. And it lasts about, uh, honestly, if you really hit them, not like the Democrats, uh, they're kind of ultra America, uh, and run away, right? If you hit them like that over and over again, I guarantee you they will fold. You will get your $10 billion. And it'll seem like as you're getting it, you fought for the average American, easy. Well, as always, I'm trying to crystallize what I disagree with you about, like so I can understand it myself. Because of course, I wish that Democrats were stronger and tougher. But the fact is, you'd lose some Democrats if you did that. Now, ultimately, you want to apply that pressure, and you don't, but you just would. There's no question you would, and and then the coverage would be how there's a split in the Democratic Party. Right, and the Democrats are here abandoning Joe Biden on these two crucial issues. So that would happen. So your notion that there is a magic set of words and manner of delivering them that would achieve the results that you want, I think is nonsense. Nope, Uh, totally wrong. No, you're 100% wrong, you're clueless about this. You're just totally wrong. What you're right about- no, why, why do you, Joe Biden would actually love to, to Democrat, most Democrats would love to be able to run on funding COVID relief, right? Now, do they prioritize, is it easier to give $40 billion to Ukraine than it is to give 10 billion to Americans for some particular reasons? Uh, yeah, it is. That's, it's not peculiar at all. It's okay, because I, I got it, I got it, I got it. don't dollars. make me out to that guy. I know the reasons, I don't need your speech. Um, so um, I, I, yes, that is, that is peculiar. That's what I'm saying. That is peculiar that we live in a world where that is the case. We do know you're right. That is the answer. But the notion that you could fix it with words is mistaken. However, you can't fix it with you couldn't fix it with words now. Now, if we for the next seven years use those words, then we might change. Maybe it's less. Maybe it's three years. Then you can start to change things, right? Then maybe that would have some effect. But there is no elixir that gives you enough votes to pass that bill. But partly because of what you're saying, that's the thing. Partly in large part because of what you're saying, because of years, decades of allowing the debate to be framed in a certain way. And a press corps that likes talking about party unity more than it likes talking about, hey man, is this thing important or is this not important? And all that matters is our Democrats, whereas the Republicans are strong and sticking together. Party unity, and that's actually not true by the way. Uh, the Republicans uh, are vicious to each other these days in a way that is super healthy for their party. So like Dan Crenshaw is fighting Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene m- m- way tougher uh, than any Democrat is. Uh, who, who is the, uh, they, they're constantly hitting each other. Uh, oh, Liz Cheney is way tougher on the Republican party uh, about the Buffalo shooting than any Democrat has been. There's. Democrats are scared of their own shadow. Ben, this is not tough talk. Politics is all about what you call words, right? So it's all about framing. So for example, how in the world did 52% of the Republican Party 
come to believe that the Democratic Party is led by satanic pedophiles. That is a literal fact, okay, that they think that. And so that is a majority of the Republican Party. They got there through words, because yeah. they heard people repeating it over and over and over and over again until they believed it. Right, and over 40 years, and you think you can fix it in a over 40 in a years, QAnon started a couple of years ago. I got it, but the general vilification of people who uh, wanna help other people, uh, this Q, right, the, that is new, but they thought we were communists for, that's been true for 40 years. More yeah, so how come the, the Republicans who, have, who are deeply unpopular when you look at the policy issues, they keep winning, why? Because they're winning the framing wars. Look, we know this, we've gone through this a thousand times. Democrats I, I, never make their case. Now, in, in, even the mainstream accepts that Democrats don't make their case. So make your goddamn case. And I agree. So, I, well, I, again, it's a it's it's manner of delivery. I agree with you. Make your case. I agree. Yeah. So, and so, it certainly would be nice to try. Uh, I agree. Instead, and you can't. You can't. I think it's going to take a bit. And, but you can't. It's, we're not going to get there until you start doing it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So and they're I, never going to do it. Uh, Biden and Pelosi aren't going to do it. No, Schumer they're, no they're not, no, that's true, they're not. Okay, so good, we're back to agreement. Yeah. All right, while we're on this. Uh, well, so, uh, but the other thing is that the whole reason that we started old school, right? I mean, do you remember the conversation that we had? It was in your office, right? No, I don't, that's already, yeah. this is interesting. Well, this is one of the things where it was my idea, right? Like, you know, and you came up with the name right then in that conversation, right? I was like, we should do a podcast, because podcasts like, you know, we're, I was like, we should do a podcast and it should be like, you know, just where we do the show that we couldn't do, right? Oh yeah, we, yeah. Where we lost because we, you know, we were originally, uh, you know, our we sent it out in promotional material that was half politics and half J Lo's ass, right? As a, as a metaphor for talking about nonsense, right? And then the Iraq War happened and we couldn't. So here on old school, look at this, like we we want to do an old school as you say at the beginning. We don't want to have all these serious topics. That was literally <laughs> what did away with the original version. A visual vision and version of the Young Turks was that the world went crazy, right? And we couldn't talk about the nonsense. And now that bleeds even into old school, which was designed just to do at least some bit of the original marching orders of the of the program. All right, let me bring Dave into this and change topics completely. I'm not even going to get into the other serious topic. So, Dave, there has been many versions of. Uh, Young Turks uh, over the last 20 years. And we're about to have our 20th uh, birthday party uh, soon. Um, so which version is your favorite? I'm well, I think you've asked me this question on every old school that I've ever appeared on and I give the same answer. It's the one that Ben was roughly alluding to the very early TYT on radio, which was half serious, half not serious. And it's amusing. So Ben explained the reason why old school was created. Roughly that same reasoning is the reason the post game show was created. Slightly different, but more or less the same, to get away from the restrictions and to free up and to speak out or you know to do a show the way you wanted to do. So it's funny that we have to create these variants to get back to the original, but that that happens a lot in life. But the answer yeah. is the the old. The old school TYT, the first couple of years on radio. Yeah, and now this is ironic because now Young Turks is going back to covering more cultural issues. Like today in the post game, we talked about this TikToker that started this trend of explaining how great it is not to have kids. And women who made the choice not to have kids. 
And and it actually related to that was Jordan Peterson's story. He said that it's Sports Illustrated having a plus size model on their cover was authoritarian. Mm. Okay, by whom I'm not exactly sure. That's the right wing's version of an intellectual. I bet, I bet Kevin Sorbo has a super interesting take on that. I'm gonna go try and find it. <laughs> I'm sure he does. So, but the reason I bring up those two in the same sentence is because like I isn't it like the whole world's gotten nuts, right? In the old days, we used to be able to talk about stuff and go, hey, you know what? If if you're into larger folks, great. I mean, I couldn't be happier about that being in the large community. Okay. Um, but if you're not, you're not. Who cares? Like, why does anybody care? Just move on. If you want to have kids, have kids. If you don't want to have kids, don't have kids, right? Yeah. But now everything is political, everything is serious, everything is uh going to be criticized and not criticized a little bit. Criticized super harshly, and not just from one side, but all sides. Which then brings us to the John Johnny Depp Amber Heard uh, trial, which we also covered today on the show. And uh, I'm bracing for impact, but I, I, I don't know. We've gotten criticized so many times by the left, the right, the middle, that maybe they're tired of it. But I feel like covering that trial is uh, it's just waiting to get canceled, but by both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I've 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 stayed away from it. Uh, only that I'm I'm just stunned that Johnny Depp thought that all of this, and the earlier suit in England, in Britain, that this these were good ideas, right? This was yeah. That's what's uh, uh, and I I I I I I don't know if this will get you uh, canceled, but I I did laugh at Chris Rock's line, right? Which was believe all women <laughs> except Amber Heard, <laughs> which is yeah. <laughs> Oh no, we just laughed. Oh God damn, there it goes. But it's so sensitive. Like in this conversation here, Jang, you haven't really taken a stand on anything. But even that could get you canceled. Because why didn't you take a stand? Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. not taking a stand because I don't know what's going on. But I know that it's doing great damage to both of them. Except it is, of course, keeping them in the headlines, right? And it's so it's become so seemingly funny. Right, as evidenced by Chris Rock feeling comfortable with a joke. Howard Stern talks about it every day. The great Johnny Depp impersonators calling in, like it's all crazy. The what he called his name, what was his name for what Amber Heard did? You guys aware of this? Did you cover this, Jank? Not sure we did. No. She relieved herself in the worst possible way on the bed. That's the, yes, and, yes, and, he, and, and his testimony in court was he called it a grumpy. <laughs> a grumpy. Um, a grumpy, yeah. See, it's so stupid yeah, and funny. funny that it lets people laugh about it. This is my argument, is if I were in PR, what I would argue is helping them, is that it seems so silly that people are liable in their heads to go, I, I don't know, it's crazy. They're, they're characters, these people are, they're both crazy characters. You know what, they'd be great in this movie. And like all of a sudden, it may not matter, even though it seems like initially, why on earth would you air all this, right? When you know this is what's going to happen. But uh, so I, I have no earthly idea. I really don't know the circumstances uh, of the case, but uh, I am struck by the fact that it has become a punchline, which I think probably actually helps them a little. But I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think that there's no way that Johnny Depp brought these suits knowing how public it's going to be unless he thought he was right right or wrong like he was positive that he didn't abuse her 
and that she had done it to him, right? Um, now, a lot of people watching go, well, I'm, I'm not as sure as Johnny Depp is, right? It's it's not entirely clear. Yeah, I mean, he could, um, it's, 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 just interject very quickly. It's entirely possible that he has no gauge for what abuse is, you know? And yeah, so, it's another yeah, possibility. He may have, you know, he is, he would appear to be a little narcissistic. So, yeah, and uh, it's not clear that he's firmly attached to reality at all that's times. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Right. And so I have plenty of critique and criticism for Johnny Depp. But, uh, but the essence of Chris Rock's joke is definitely right. And, and now I'm going to break down a joke, the worst idea in the world. So let's have fun doing it. Um, because, look, the whole point of Believe Woman is because, Society systematically, systemically used to not believe women. A woman That's comes right. forward, they go, oh, yeah, get out of here. That's not true, right? So much so and, that they didn't, they just didn't even bother. Yeah. And so believe women means believe them in general, hear them out. It doesn't mean every single woman is telling the truth. It's like Black Lives Matter means Black Lives Matter also. It doesn't mean only Black Lives Matter, right? And so, by the way, these slogans could use some help. Uh, if you have to clarify this much, uh, maybe your framing isn't great. But um, but no, you do not have to believe every woman. <laughs> and there is a there are a lot of reasons not to believe Amber Heard. So um, I guess well, I'll general, leave it. There are reasons there are reasons not to believe people all the time because they're people, yeah. right? And yeah. so, but yeah, but in general, of course, that idea of uh, believe all women is right, and it's gotten us far. Like it's changed things uh, dramatically, and that's good. Um, but uh, I'll and I'll just add about the because uh, before we dismiss with the show, like I, I like romanticizing as Dave does the original version of the Young Turks, but part of the uh, success story of the Young Turks is uh, adaptability. So, like it had to change. I mean, and and if it had stayed the same. Uh, you wouldn't have become the significant voice that that you became in the progressive community. It had to change. So part of the again, the Young Turks' success is 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 being able to uh, shift with the times, grow, progress, <laughs> um, and so progress. So uh, that said, I still like romanticizing it, but that show that show that show left for a reason. It had to. Yeah, well, that's actually a great way of putting it, Ben, and and I think that's right. Um, but Dave, can I get an an admission from you that you used to say, and we've talked about this on previous old schools too, but that uh, I I just listened to the liberal blogosphere, people like Glenn Greenwald. Um, <laughs> can I get a mission accomplished on that? That is not happening anymore. <laughs> no, on that specific point, well, you, yeah, that is not happening anymore. It was not Glenn Greenwald after all. It was the ideas that he wrote about for a brief period for a few years. That you and all of us agreed with. Okay, let me ask you guys something because you guys are classic liberals, and I don't mean in the Dave Rubin way. I mean in the actual way. Um, and so, uh, Glenn Greenwald, at the very beginning of his career, took on a defendant. Um, he was not a court-appointed lawyer, uh, and he took over for Dershowitz. Actually, Alan Dershowitz was representing this guy, and and then the guy ran out of money. Uh, and so he needed a new lawyer and, and Glenn volunteered. So the guy's name is Matthew Hale and he's a neo-Nazi and the creator of the white church. Uh, and I forget the exact titles of it, uh, but, uh, and and I think that the, in the old days, classic liberals would have been like, hey, attaboy, you know, that's what our system is, needs lawyers and lawyers need to even defend Nazis, right? 
and so that would have been non-controversial. But given the prevalence of Nazis these days, <laughs> it hasn't turned out that well for us and, and the rising fascism, etc. But most importantly, given that he was not a court appointed lawyer, that he chose to do that. Um, do you, do you, I here, I'll put it this way. I'll look back and go, no, he shouldn't have done that. No, uh, I know he can do that. I, I know we're not supposed to shame lawyers for that. But I think he wanted to be famous and he thought, oh, being a Jewish lawyer representing a Nazi, that's like a good headline. Uh, and it turns out those guys have wreaked great havoc in society. Let a court appointed lawyer handle it. That's my new take on it. Well, I'm wondering what you guys think. Um, Dave, you want to go? No. Okay. Uh, if not, sure. If you have uh, by the way, that was great. That's that's Dave Kohler right there. Do you want to go? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You I'd rather go? not. No. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm good. So I don't know all the details of it, but let's abstractly remove ourselves from it and presume. Yeah, he could have had a court appointed lawyer. He should have a court appointed lawyer. That court appointed lawyer is duty bound, ethically bound to do everything he can to defend his client, no matter how awful the guy is. And if he doesn't, he should be disbarred, right? But that said, most of them will. I'm in awe generally of uh, public defenders, right? Who, <laughs> I mean, they are at, talk about an uneven playing field. There is no more uneven playing field than when a public defender in general goes up against any prosecutor, resources, everything, right? So, uh, and they're just likely to be overwhelmed with uh, cases. But to choose to do it, now there might be a reason to choose to do it because you feel like this particular set of circumstances that this guy's freedom of speech is being, uh, that there's a societal, societal move to shut someone up and deny their ability to assemble or to voice hateful things. And I could see where you might think, no, this is important to me. This is, so there's a circumstance where it matters. And where I think that you could say, like, no, I don't want him to have a public defense. This is an important case. You know, the march, the Nazis need to be able to march in Skokie, right? So that that ACLU took that case. They were right to take that case, right? They didn't have to, but I think they were right to. So this is a little bit different, but I could see a circumstance where it's justified. You are applying, I think, what we know about Glenn now, right? I don't know him. I'm using his first name. I've never met him in my life, but uh, you've met him, right? Jack? Oh yeah, 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 a bunch of times. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, knowing what we know about him now, yeah, I'd be willing to, I'd be willing to revisit his motives, <laughs> no question. Uh, but in general, I, 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 it might be noble. I mean, you are defending a Nazi when you don't have to, so you should always probably keep that in the back of your mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it depends so much on the circumstances. I also do not know what anything about that case, and there's no need to go into now. But what what the ACLU did for the Nazis in Skokie, Illinois, that's you know that's legendary to this day. That set the principle in America that you know, even the hateful people have a right to free speech. Okay, so the principle has been set. You don't have to go and defend every single freaking Nazi out there every time he wants to do something. <laughs> <laughs> That's the quote of the day. You yeah. don't have to defend every freaking Nazi. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so, okay. Because at some point, you end up just being a guy who defends Nazis. Yeah. So I, I read this great blog post, what I think was a great blog post from Peter Melman. Um, 
Peter Melman was number three guy at Seinfeld, uh, and he's been on the show a couple of times. Uh, he's not a shy guy about his opinions. He's got uh, controversial opinions about like life, like about old school topics like avocados, and that and that could get him canceled in different ways and stuff too. But in this case, he was doing the canceling uh, because he was talking about is it, it, it Ben? You're very familiar with this. We've talked about this many times too. Is it good for the Jews, right? Sure, and yeah. And he was talking about Shanda to the Goyim, okay? Shanda meaning shame and, and Goyim is, is the non-Jews, right? Christians, etc. And and how people like Stephen Miller are Shanda to the Goyim. Uh, and, uh, and he wrote, wrote in a really smart and hilarious way. That's why I liked it. Um, and, and so today Ben Shapiro is saying the great replacement theory is bad. It's not mainstream Republican. That is incorrect. Um, nearly 50% of Republicans say that they either strongly or somewhat believe in the great replacement theory. So, hey, it's not over 50% yet, but almost there. Uh, and uh, and by and the way, said, we should start calling the great replacement theory GRT. Just a GRT. Ooh, that's good. GRT, right? Right. Yeah, it's not yeah. right. It's not C. Dude, that's good framing, Ben. Yeah, so there you go. It's just right. words. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, just words. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and he said it's actually um, the woke left that is causing this problem. Sure, I don't. He just like there was no logical connection. He just said it because that's what you have to do, no matter what happens. You should blame the other side. It doesn't have to make sense at all, right? And uh, okay, I will say it for Muslims because I have the quote unquote right to say it for Muslims, and I'm curious what you guys think. Um, I think so, Muslims should be replaced. Is that I'm sorry, was that your question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, See, yeah. but like for some people, you can't even make that joke. <laughs> but um, but I pardon you. Uh, <laughs> we've been making that joke for 20 years. Anyways, um so I think that any Muslim that works with Trump and the right wing today is Shanda to the Goyim. Like that absolute shame shame i i instantly disown them so is uh, an easy slam dunk example dr oz i mean and uh, dr oz did surgery uh, on my uncle you could argue saved my uncle's life etc probably another doctor would have also saved his life but you know so i had nothing but love for dr oz uh, for years and years and years but he shunned it to the goyim hell no like screw dr oz uh, like I hope Fetterman wins tomorrow night, uh, the Democratic primary. And in a sense, I hope Dr. Oz wins the Republican primary so I can go help Fetterman kick the living crap out of Dr. Oz politically. Um, so when you see Ben Shapiro helping these sons of bitches, do you think Shonda to the Goyim or do you think like, well, I don't know, everybody's got their own opinion. It's And I don't care that he's Jewish or not Jewish. I just don't like him because he's a right winger and that's all. Dave, you wanna jump in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me try to jump in. I, fortunately, I don't listen to everything Ben Shapiro says. I, I don't. I think Stephen Miller is a much better example of shame. I don't know what Shonda to the Goyim. It's shame to the Jews that Stephen Shonda Miller to the Jews. Goyim is is it means essentially shame to the Jews. I mean, okay, it's, it's the, yeah, it means yeah. we're showing our shame to the Goyim. Right. Don't okay. show the shame to them. So right. Stephen Miller is a, a, as good an example of that as you can get, but. Ben Shapiro doesn't 
hide his Jewishness, no matter what horrible things he's saying, he's got the yarmulke on. So I think in this narrow area of is it shameful to the Jews, I think Ben Shapiro's, that's not his worst quality. That's not what I despise him for the most. It is, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. No, no, I and I want to be clear. I don't think Ben is uh, uh, Ben Shapiro is betraying Jews by like attacking Jews. No, he doesn't attack Jews at all, right? But, he, but he's putting but he Jews in a dangerous position by supporting hateful people in general. Yeah. So he aids and abets the anti-Semitic uh, leanings of the right wing. Presumably without meaning to, like he doesn't want to aid and abet that, but by aiding and abetting the right wing, that's what he's doing. If you ask Dr. Oz, hey, do you agree with uh, Trump's call in 2016 to ban all Muslims from the country, given that you're a Muslim immigrant, he would tell you no. Then if you tell him, would you like to help Trump rewin uh, the presidency, he'll tell you yes. And then that's when I'll say, okay, then you can kiss my Turkish ass, uh, I hate you forever. Yeah, so you know, Jenk, you talked when we were having that little our, our little discussion at the beginning about um, politics and what sort of how you know Democrats should uh, should behave, and you were like, politics is words, and of course, po- politics is words. It's also a lot of other things. But one thing that it is is it's really, I mean, it's not really anything. It's but a big part of it is right alliances. Right. I mean, in fact, in in countries that 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 don't have a two party system, you literally all over the world, you have to form alliances with other parties so you can form a coalition government. Right. When your party doesn't get 50% of the of the legislature. So, but it's also little alliances. And that also requires you not just to be driven solely by issues. And you and I had this discussion back in the long time ago when we first met, and you were a Republican, right? And and I don't suggest that this had anything to do with you no longer becoming a Republican. That feels pretty inevitable. But like, if Strom Thurmond's in your party, you have to reject him. Jesse Helms, you have to reject them, right? And sometimes yeah. that means voting against your interests to hurt them, right? In big ways, right? So. I mean, Mitt Romney can talk all he wants, and I know, great, he, you know, we, we our bar is so low that a guy who voted for one of the two articles for impeachment is being treated as a hero, right? But did he let the Merrick Garland debacle happen? Yeah, right. Uh, uh, and and then subsequently, did he turn around and 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 let the uh, what's her name? I already forgot her name. Who's the news just not not the, the uh, Amy Coney Barrett. Barrett. And did he then let the Amy, Amy Coney Barrett thing happen? Yeah, he let them both happen, right? If you really think it's wrong, then you say, no, we're not, I'm not permitting this to happen. I'm doing everything I can. I am not gonna support Mitch McConnell in denying Merrick Garland a vote. Maybe he'd lose anyway. I mean, it's Democrats, I'm sure we'd have lost anyway. But that you take that stand and then you don't vote for Amy Coney Barrett and you explain why. And you go, look, she supports the things that I'm likely to support. I'd like to see Roe versus Wade repealed. I think she's going to do that, but we can't let this stand. We can't. We shouldn't have denied Merrick Garland. But if we've done that, I certainly can't with nine days before while people have already voted, right? I can't stand here and let. That's what you do. That's what a courageous politician actually does. Um, uh, so yeah. yeah, it would be great if Ben sort of stood up and recognized that. I, I don't. I don't know what's in his head. I have no idea. I don't care. Um, I still can't believe he's a broadcaster. Um, but. Uh, yeah. 
but you know, so uh, uh, but that's what you do. That's what courageous people do, and it means that you take some heat for it. But you get into politics, and if you're good at it, people are like, "Well, I didn't like when uh, Mitt Romney did that," but man, he's a principled guy. Yeah, that's it. So, but I don't so, think anybody's uh, gonna say that. There's so many problems with our politics now, but like back when I was a Republican, I had no problems, no qualms, no hesitations in saying, "Yeah, I hate." Uh, Jesse Helms and Strom Thurmond. Yeah, that's right. You know, you didn't. Right. No hesitation. Yeah, and so why is that so hard? But now, um, for the Democrats, that's like the biggest sacrilege in the world is criticizing a fellow Democrat. Every like in Washington, you will be shredded, absolutely pulverized if you uh, strongly criticize another Democrat. In uh, <laughs> the Republicans, now I'm going to sound like you, with one exception. If they're oh, Bernie Sanders, of course. Yeah, yeah, or, Il, or Ilhan Omar. Omar. Right. But I mean, if they're, yeah. Yeah, yeah progressives are the standard exception. That's right. Uh, you can say, like, you can say vicious, totally untrue things about them. And that's totally okay. Um, now, and in, in among the Republicans, no, they, they, they're fighting, like I said earlier, like Bobert's fighting Crenshaw, and they're fighting in ways sometimes it's hard to track, right? And I think that's actually healthy and vibrant for, uh, for a party, and, and they win partly because of that. Um, but, if you're a pundit for the right wing, you have to shut the f up, okay? So if you if I don't know what Shapiro is doing, I don't follow all this stuff, which is whenever it's in the news and stuff. But like, like he tried for a little while. He was like, oh no, Trump, Trump's bad. No, obviously, no. This is not what Republicans are for. Republicans are for lower taxes for the rich and you know free trade and whatever other things we're pretending, right? And uh, and then. His whole audience was like, okay, we hate you. We're all gonna leave you. And he's like, okay, never mind. I love Trump. Love him. I will never disagree with him. I bow my head. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you can't, there's no, I mean, I have a tough time believing that our former friend ha ever liked uh, Trump, really actually liked Trump, but he recognized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, recognized. Yeah, of course yeah. he does. He's, yeah, yeah. But he yeah. recognized that, oh, this is where the, you know, I, you, I, I, you know, follow the money, right? Yeah. But I feel like and I like don't get me wrong. I like I like I like money too. I mean, I've made compromises in my life, right? But but I, I wouldn't make that compromise. Yeah, I feel like Dave Rubin knows he's kissing Trump's ass, and he's doing it on purpose. And he's like, ah, well, that's turns out that's who I turned out to be in life. The I've guy watched who has like, no soul, right? I've watched like three videos of his um, in the last you know whatever five years or whatever it is. It's longer, I guess. It's been so long, man. Um, and uh, the last large hunk of time and. Uh, but the one I watched longest was when he was there with his husband, and they they talked about going to Mar-a-Lago with Don Jr. and meeting Trump and Melania and how exciting it was. And they were, and it was just you couldn't, I just couldn't, I still, I can't believe it. I still think about it. I watched like 20 minutes of it, maybe 30 minutes of it. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't. The whole video was like, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not straw manning it at all. They were just giddy how great Don Jr. was and how great it was to meet Trump and how involved Melania and Trump were. They were really a kind of a magical couple sharing ideas. She was, yeah, it was just, I, they got <laughs> I, still, towels, I still can't believe it. Snappy? They were totally, it was really, it was George Bushian. It was like that. It was like that. I mean, the whole idea of Bush and like being in that club and the way Chris Matthews talked about the, the towel snappiness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a, that's an awesome old school reference, Dave, uh, with Chris Matthews being towel snappy with George W. Bush. Uh, but I think Ben Shapiro gets himself to believe it. Um, who knows, maybe Dave Rubin did too, but 
Uh, and and uh, I, all right, I'm done psychoanalyzing him. I don't care. Uh, well, it's a little people. easier. Dave Rubin and, and Ben Shapiro are part of a pretty large group of observant Jews or serious Jews who support the Republicans and Bush and Trump. You know, Sheldon Adelson was their captain for so many years. So it's nothing unusual to them. They're in a fairly large sized group that's doing this. That whole yeah, group revolts me. Sure. No, okay, yeah. That, then good enough. <laughs> yeah, that whole group totally, utterly revolts me. Yeah. And I know I'm not allowed to say it, but I just said it. They're revolting. Don't help goddamn fascists. It's not a hard rule. Okay, not at all hard, and it affects all of us. Um, all right, uh, I'm gonna move on to avocados, but uh, I'm gonna read a couple of comments first. Biden flavor corn pot from the member section says, "Damn, day on time." I uh, got my strong, too strong coffee last uh, few ounces before my next shipment comes in. Uh, thank God they got uh, more in. LOL. I love that. Thank you for the uh, pop. Thank you for the plug. Plug. Biden pop. flavor corn pop. Yes. <laughs> anyway, twostrongcoffee.com slash tyt. Okay. Give money to progressive ghosts and get the best tasting coffee. Okay. Um, Louis Cypher says, narrative and framing example, you would you rather be called a donkey or a mule? Uh, or by the way, or a jackass. All three uh, relatively the same. All three unpleasant. I wouldn't have gone with the donkey as a democratic logo, but if you're gonna go with that animal, you definitely don't wanna be the jackass. <laughs> I don't think you wanna be the mule, so better off with the donkey. Uh, and and it I see mules as tough and I, I, I almost like mule better. It's a bad that, word. That's though. why we had 2,000 of them during the election in 2020 to, you know, make sure that uh, we followed Hugo Chavez's orders. <laughs> what is that? I don't even know that. Story. Yeah, you lost me on that one. <laughs> okay. Um, Dinesh D'Souza has a new documentary called oh, yeah. 2,000 Mules uh, mm -hmm. and how they rigged the election uh, for Biden. And I don't know that he connects it to the other conspiracy theory that. The ghost of Hugo Chavez is the one that arranged all of this uh, mm. from his grave. So, uh, hence the need for the 2000 mules. And like, now Glenn is doing this, everybody's doing this. They, they'll take out like 10 second clips, uh, clips of the show and be like, he said it. He said they had the 2000 mules. We know it. We know it. <laughs> they just call them donkeys instead. Dinesh was onto it. Dinesh D'Souza. Wow. Yeah. I mean, look, that's my point. I, I know I, I I talk about it too much, but I'm just amazed that these people who at some point in their lives were reasonably intelligent and I thought reasonably moral that we were having real debates, right? Have turned into these ghouls and goblins and monsters. Like Dinesh D'Souza is not on the same moral plane as the rest of us. You know, do you, you, do you know who Father Coughlin was? Yeah. So Father Coughlin was this uh, uh, radio. I, I just saw here he was a priest. I, I didn't. I, I of course he's Father Coughlin, so he's Roman Catholic, right? So uh, and he was viciously racist and anti-Semitic and uh, did grave damage and had a big following. Uh, you know, they claim here it said you know uh, 30 million listeners a week turned into his broadcast every week. There was a nothing on. Some people were listening to him because they didn't like him, but he was on, right? Uh, you know, there was no television, 
and a little bit of radio. So, and he was passionate and fiery, right? And he was a terrible, horrible person. And in general, smart people, including some people who no doubt listened to him, because that's how the only way you'd know what he said, right? It wasn't there was no media matters, there was no young Turks having to post to sort of fill you in the next day on what Father Coughlin had said. Um, he was just known to be a snake oil salesman, right? And a charlatan, and he was eventually exposed as such, right? Because he went too far. We have no, these guys, Tucker Carlson is not substance, he's a little more sophisticated, right? All of these guys, all the people we've just been talking about in this conversation, certainly Dinesh D'Souza. I mean, what a giant fraud. You can't tell that that guy's a fraud, right? But even though I suspect most people in the mainstream media like know that guy's a fraud, or at least most people who cover politics know that he's a fraud. He still sort of, you know, documentarian and Trump supporter Dinesh D'Souza, right? Yeah. As if what he has to say matters. And he's just a he's just a modern modern day father Coughlin. Nothing more. Nothing more. Hey, you know what? Maybe a little less. You know, you just reminded me, Ben. So how can you tell if people are principled when you're willing to call out people on your own side? So maybe you know people didn't see me call out Jesse Helms and Strom Thurmond back when I was a quote unquote liberal Republican, right? And so they don't know for sure, right? So then have I called out people on the left? Well, we took an enormous amount of crap for calling out Tulsi Gabbard when she was still pretending to be progressive, like 100% pretending to be progressive. Not like now when it's just like an obvious cover story, right? Uh, and we came out and said, no, we think she's full of crap. And and people were super mad about that. But that's called principle. Like, and I, I it shouldn't be that hard, but it really is, man. It's gotten to a point where that's like calling out your own side considered sacrilege. So I don't know. It's it's hurting obviously it's hurting the country. Let alone calling people who are full of crap, full of crap. It's not that hard. Mainstream media should try it. Um, so they're getting there slowly, uh, but there's a lot of talk of Tucker Carlson today in a in a way that's good. That's true. He's yeah, you know, for the first time, talk about, and I don't know whether it penetrated in any way, but talk that uh, you know people should, for uh, savings of whatever they want per month, you know, that there should be an option not to have Fox News care, have a not to have a uh, uh, a hateful. Uh, 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 propaganda network uh, uh, dealing misinformation on your cable service that you should be able to yeah, I, stop that. Yeah, that's a great point. Look, I have I don't have cable package anymore, but if I hadn't cut the cord, uh, I wouldn't want my four bucks a month going to Fox News. I I don't want to help fascists, and so I don't know how they are going to do that from a business point of view, but. That's not about. I, I think they're not. The point is not so much that it happens. The point is there's at least, as you say, a that we're talking about it, like yeah. that it should happen, right? Yeah. And, right. and stop uh, pretending that it's you know like CNN, right? I mean, just whatever is however you feel about CNN, those people are not in the same business or MSNBC. They're not in the same business. Yeah, uh, you can call me. Just says the post game is my fave too, Dave. Uh, Never Monday band just subscribed on Twitch. 
Northern Ice Dragon says, I feel like Dave needs to be turning his head back and forth like a tennis match, uh, maybe refereeing. That was the beginning when we didn't let Dave talk for about five minutes. Uh, Metal Kitty Mom said, Ben coming in hot. Atomic Ann said, this is the TYT that I love. Ben making Jenk think harder about his points. Trust me, I've already thought a I lot was not, about it. I wasn't coming in hard. I wasn't hard, I wasn't mad. Hot, hot. <laughs> I wasn't uh, hot or I wasn't hard or hot, but anyway. Okay. Atomic Ann wrote in again saying, blogosphere. Wow, that's an old school term. <laughs> Jack is one of the few people you should know that like I, I don't take his feelings into account when we start talking about stuff, and that that's obviously I, you know that it's a compliment. Like mm-hmm. it's gonna be it's gonna be fine. I don't think. I mean, I I suppose one day there'll be maybe we've already had one. One day we'll have some <laughs> argument where we have to uh, or discussion heated discussion where afterwards we have to have a. <laughs> make sure everything's cool, but it would literally take that long to have the conversation. You're like, hey, sorry about that fight. You know, I, you know, I, you would say I got a little exercise. I'm sorry. And I would say, yeah, I wasn't really listening. I whatever. I'd be like, all right, want to get dinner? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's not. It doesn't doesn't take. So anyway, I was not hot. I was just. I sort of thought it would be fun to jump in there and say <laughs> like, I don't don't I don't need your speech. Like I knew as I saying that it was. Oh, I like this. I'm going to use this again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Last couple of guys here, just shout outs to Girl Gun and Melissa Anderson Collins <clears throat> for joining. They just hit the join button below on YouTube. We appreciate it. Uh, members make the show possible. Um, so for everyone else, tyt.com slash join, that's how you join. There's a whole second old school episode that's coming up in five minutes where we might actually talk about avocados. Not might, we will. I, I really want to ask you guys. Uh, but before we get there, <clears throat> I do want to deliver a little bit on the title of this video. Um, and so this was a weird question. Uh, so Dave, I'll start with you. Uh, how do you think? Okay, and it comes from an interesting different source too. So the other day on, on Twitter, Chelsea Manning said uh, nothing political. It, she said like, she realized that like half the people and it's not, just a loose way of talking. Uh, we don't know what the percentages are, obviously. But half the people talk to themselves, like as they're thinking something through or making a decision, they talk to themselves. And the other half don't talk to themselves at all, right? Or 80 20 or whatever the numbers are. Um, and then that got me curious because everybody thinks differently, but we ne- almost never talk about how we think. So no one really knows. So, Dave, do you think you talk to yourself or or no, uh, whether it's making a decision or any other way of thinking through something? Well, that's fascinating. Yeah, I think I'd be in the camp of talking to myself, maybe not 100%, but predominantly I talk to myself. Uh, it makes me wonder, how do the other people do it? All right, I'm looking to see what your answer and Ben's answer are. But yeah, I'm a talk to myself thinker. Yeah, me too. Me too. And so I'm super curious about the other side. We might go three and zero here, and I don't know. But, but I, man, I talk to myself a decent amount. In fact, Zephyr, when he was shooting me for a project that we were doing, he had me mic'd all day for long periods of time, and he's like, "Brother, you literally mumble to yourself as you're thinking something through." <laughs> okay, and I, and I was like, "Yeah, I bet that's totally true." And then since then, I've noticed. <laughs> And that's normally considered crazy, by the way, and it is not at all crazy. A lot of people uh, do it that way. So Ben, how about you? Yeah, no, I talk to myself all the time, not just to talk through ideas. I just talk to myself all the time. Well, now I'm thinking, what does Chelsea Manning know that the rest of us don't know? How does she know that there's 
a, a group that doesn't talk to him themselves. Well, I think that she referenced her friends who don't, and uh, or I forget if it was her or her friends, but like as soon as I saw that, I just started I couldn't stop thinking about it, and hence talking to myself about it. Uh, <laughs> like if you're not having a conversation in a sense with yourself. Yeah, I'm with you, Dave. I don't know how it works. How would you think through something? Like, is it just abstract thoughts? Abstract, may I get? But that's a different kind of thinking. I, I don't, I don't, I don't like abstract thoughts. <laughs> I don't, I don't, uh, I don't do that. I don't do that. I just like talk things through. I imagine scenarios. Sometimes I guess, I mean, some of it's daydreaming. But I'm a verbal daydreamer. My wife will come in often, and she'd be like, "Who are you talking to? What's going on?" <laughs> I mean, I'm not really not in free, 10 times a year. She'll be like, what's, hap what's happening in here? Yeah, and I don't, we might be a skewed sample size here because it, Dave's not exactly a talk show host, but the other, the, the Ben and I are in essence, right? And so we might be more solidly in the camp of people who talk, period. And that's why I'm talking to ourselves more as well. But uh, I don't know, maybe write in, guys. I'm, yeah. I'm curious, like, if people think in other ways and, and then we got to go now, but I, I want to continue this a little bit because I'm curious how long it normally makes it takes for you guys to make a decision. How do you think about it, et cetera? But we got to go. Uh, everybody join us on the other side, tyt.com slash join. And these days when you join, you're also uh, can participate in the Blue Apron Food for Thought trivia, right? And that gets you a $100 gift card for free food, basically. Um, and so another reason to join for membership. If you're on YouTube, just hit the join button below. For the members, we'll be back in a minute. All right, back on Old School, Jank Uger, Ben Mankowitz, Dave Kohler with you guys. We were talking in the last episode about how people think. And Boober Dragon Cat, so far we're four for four, writes in. It's a good thing I like myself because most of my conversations are with myself. Uh, really, though, it's more thinking things through, not really talking to myself. Uh, she writes in. So, um, all right, let, let, I'll try one more uh, question along these lines. Um, so, when I think of any topic, whether it's business or politics or something in my personal life, the way I make decisions is I usually reverse engineer it. I think, what outcome do I want to get to? And how would I get to that outcome and walk backwards until you have the answer for what you should do now, okay? So I don't know if that's complicated or normal or what that is, but, and I don't even know that you guys have ever thought about how you make decisions, right? The, the, the format or the process you go through to make decisions. But have you, do you know? How the process of, I, I mean, I don't think of it like that. I'm too haphazard and, and poorly organized to, have a decision making process. You have bigger, broader decisions to make about business, mostly, right? Uh, tactics to take, uh, uh, ways to approach an issue, ways to take the business, people to do business with, partnerships to form, that kind of stuff. You have bigger decisions. I, I don't really. I mean, I'm an employee and uh, I mean, I have some autonomy over my career, but, you know, and I, I don't, I just don't have that kind of. It's seldom, it's rare that I would have a big decision that needed to be broken down. 
of whether I should do something. And usually I just play out the, I mean, actually, I mean, as you could, I usually just play out the clock, right? Until the offer expires and I don't respond, right? I mean, I sort of allow life to make the decision for me. It's not, I'm not proud of that fact, but that's probably what happens. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're at least cognizant to not be proud of it. Yes, yeah. I'll just play out the clock, man. That's great. It works for me. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm worse than Ben. I, I don't make big decisions either. I spent all my time kicking myself for the wrong few big decisions that I have made that that, I, I, that went the wrong way. So that's even worse. <laughs> yeah, that's that's tragic. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, the no, few big so, decisions I've made, I, I whiffed. I got them wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well. As you all know, a, a lot of my wrong decisions are uh, very public. So there ain't no way to take them back, right? So uh, what I, I'm obsessed with learning from my mistakes. Like I, I never wanna let a mistake go by without learning from it. Um, because then I feel better, Dave, psychologically. Um, one, I think I actually am learning and getting better at making those decisions from those things. So it's helpful in that way. But it also makes me feel better because I feel like, well, at least I got something out of it. I learned something, right? Yeah. So at least I can take that away and make better decisions going forward. Would that help or that's just total bullshit? No, that's not bullshit. And, but even that uh, approach only helps if you have a lot of decisions to make. If you have a bunch of one-offs, the learnings you get are not really that relevant to the next big decision, which is going to happen two and a half years in the future on some other topic. I, so, I, and Dave, I obviously I don't know you as well as I mean we've known each other a very long time, but I don't know you as well as Jank and and but I I know this about Jank and I think it about Dave. There are different opinions about each of you. Um, Dave is I think a little bit more like me in that we're uh, plagued. To some extent, by our psychology, which we kind of can't escape from, even though we try. And obviously, there's some progress made. And I don't mean to suggest that, Jenk, you couldn't. We've talked about you in therapy before, and I think you could benefit from it. I think there's some real value to it. But I don't think you're plagued by your psychology. I don't. I don't think you were. I don't think the events of your childhood frame how you go through life, um, other than the positive ways that you're a pretty good childhood. And you go through life pretty positively, <laughs> you know. Um, and I didn't have a bad childhood, but there are things that have my my psychology does uh, get in the way. Um, so uh, so that doesn't surprise me in a sense that you like it's hard for people to like learn from a decision when their psychology gets in the way. Like that's what you want is that is that you know. But again, if you're tied up and then you end up repeating the same mistakes again and again and again and again because you can't get out of your own way. And I think that's true for most people. Um, sometimes it's fairly minor. Sometimes it's a medium problem. Sometimes it's a major problem. Obviously, and those are you know pretty public cases where people can't get out of the way of their own psychology. I think, like everybody else, you 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 have a psychology that 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 dictates your behavior. But I just don't see it. You know, it doesn't. It's not picking at you like Dave. You know, you now 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 fuck this up. Now fuck this up, Jake. You know you're gonna fuck this up, right? That doesn't. And I think a lot of us. I think a lot of us go through life that way. I think, I mean, Dave is, I think, certainly more like me in that way. I don't know. I'd be curious to hear your own thoughts there. I, I repeat, it's, I just don't think it's applicable 
I don't make enough decisions where I'm constantly saying, oh no, I'm gonna F this up. It just doesn't apply to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know I, it's funny. I said that at the beginning, but then I, I just, these are like just little personal decisions that you make in the manner in which you treat people or the way you dictate the day, the way you run your days. Okay, you dictate sure. your happiness. That these are not, they're not necessarily big decisions. Um, but, yeah. you know, so they could be very small decisions, but at the end, if you get them right, like, you, you know, you're at, at 9.15 at night, you're like, oh, well, that was a fun day. <laughs> Let's try and do that again, you know, and I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, right. no, I, you're right. And I'm not the score. I, I to defend myself. No, I, I think I run my days fine. Uh, I'm not kicking myself over the thing I did at 11:15 this morning. That, that's <laughs> not what bothers me. Uh, yeah, no, I got I, you. I got you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. No. I. It, it's interesting. I kind of massively agree and massively disagree on a on a bunch of things that you guys said. I I agree with Ben that Dave's initial assessment was. "Quote unquote wrong," but as he explained, not necessarily wrong for him. Like in that, it doesn't have to be big giant decisions. Like we make tons of decisions every day, and you know, should I have played with the kids or done uh, more work? You know, should I have watched that TV show or spent more time with my wife? You know, all a thousand decisions every day, right? Um, uh, but at the same time, you guys are right. Like I hadn't quite thought of the, the fact that I run a company means that I have to make a completely different level of decisions, quantity and quality, right? Like in that sometimes if you make the wrong decision in business, oh shit, you just cost 70 people their jobs. No, right, and including yourself. So that's, and then the quantity, my God, I have to make, I, it feels like dozens of decisions every day about the business. And so, and that's why it's a bigger part of my headspace about how to make decisions because I'm constantly making them. And they're not easy. They're always like, you could do this, but it's, it's got some downsides, it's got some upsides. The other one, also downsides, upsides, which way you're gonna go, oh, God damn it every day. Ben, you're muted. Uh, I was chewing ice and I didn't wanna have that keep going on the air. So, so the, the, like I still don't think you're plagued by your psychology, but, you yeah, probably, I'm gonna get to that second. But I don't think you have to. It's pro. Other people in your position would not put themselves through as many decisions as you have to make. You probably don't have to make them all. And something about loss of control has prevented you from putting systems in place so that some of that stuff can be sloughed off. That 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 speaks in one context speaks incredibly well of you, right? You could handle it all. You're hands on, you want this to be your business with your imprint, right? But it strikes me as possible other people in your position would have by now figured out a way that they could actually have more time off and still do it. You haven't, my hunch is because you like it, like on some level. And that's a psychology that maybe you don't, that's not, that's not, doesn't appear to be changeable to you, right? Without, you know, and, and nor do you maybe even want it to be right now. Yeah, I know theoretically you'd like to be, you want to put your feet up at some point, right? And, yeah. but, but you thrive off this. This is exciting for you. This is, you know, I look at these photos. I barely talked to our friend Michael Shore in the last four weeks since he's been running for Congress. I was going to help him, but he's too busy running for Congress, right? And I see these photos and I think, man, this is a guy, I don't know what's going to happen. I have no idea whether he's going to get 2% of the vote or 28 and finish second and get in a runoff, right? I have no clue. But, 
this is, he's doing the right thing because he is at his best. I mean, I can just tell in the pictures. He's meeting people, he's talking to people, he's going to restaurants and having coffees with people he'd never met before and talking about their life. And that's Michael doing exactly what he wants to do. And I don't have any doubt for a second that you're doing exactly what you want. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And and I and I hear you on all those counts. I don't disagree with the word you just said. Um, so as to whether I'm quote unquote played by my psychology, um, that's a massive yes and a massive no. So, um, but the yes is in is at this point close to in the past. So uh, two years ago, um, I was definitely plagued by a, a huge part of my past, and it was not having to do with family. You're right. I always tell everyone I had a great childhood. I'm super lucky. You know, my parents were great. I had a lot of friends in the neighborhood, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right. But I was considered, uh, you know, an outsider and an immigrant and uh, not cool and nerd, dork, whatever you want to call it, right? And yeah, it was a little bit complicated because uh, I could fight and I was on the football team and stuff. But overall, no question that I was not among the cool kids. And that plagued me forever psychologically uh, until about two years ago. And uh, and so I always thought of myself as without realizing it, uh, less than. I assumed I was less than uh, the people who were cool, the people who were in charge, the people who were powerful, because that's what I had been told my whole life. And it wasn't just in high school. Uh, I remember uh, college, same thing, uh, the business world, same thing. Uh, When, and I didn't realize how much it had to do with me being an immigrant until recently too. Not exclusively at all, but uh, but partly that it was partly being a nerd, um, but um, but I finally got past it, and and I realized that that was just malware uh, that was placed in my head that isn't true. Um, but it took a massive undertaking for me to get uh, to that place in my head, uh, and so but I am now, and so Ben, you wind up being right uh, about me today, uh, now I'm past all of that and I feel great. And I'm not well, at all haunted by anything. So, so I, you know, it's a dangerous thing. You talk, you big broad statements like you're not played by your psychology. I mean, of course you have psychology. You're like one of the three or four smartest people I know. You've led an interesting life. You think about big complicated issues, not just the world issues. You think about family, your role in the family, your role in the world, your role in the community that you're part of, you know, all big things. So of course you have issues. I really mean like it had it doesn't get in your it didn't get in your way. That's a big issue that you just described. Everybody's got big issues. I just mean like it's funny because you know you're you're the guy seen as you know bombastic and you you say controversial things. But like you're remarkably of my friends you know you're just to get you sort of have it together right and even even the even the manner in which you talk about overcoming the thing you overcame is how together people talk about overcoming something it may have taken you a while to to realize it um did i just get by by frozen that looks like i'm probably am i frozen did i freeze or did you freeze i think Cenk froze yeah, i hear we all froze we all froze oh we all froze okay so um uh I still don't know. I've been doing uh, Zooms and Skypes for a thousand years, and I, I don't know if other people freeze. If that means I've frozen or they've frozen. Um, 
Anyway, so I just mean even the manner in which you talked about, uh, I think you probably heard this, but even the manner in which you talked about overcoming that was discussed in a way that a person who's got it together talks about, it, right? So it's all a compliment. I don't mean you have struggles, so I didn't mean to suggest that in any way. I just think like you're a pretty well together person. Like if you went, I'd be curious if you went into therapy because it might work really well because the things you have to fix probably aren't. They aren't huge. Like you seem to have kind of figured it out. And when somebody says something interesting that might make your life better more than most people, I think you'll probably do it. Right. Yeah. Whereas other people yeah. will come up with a reason not to. But you're like, no, I, I was I've been in therapy. I went to like eight sessions. You maybe you'll go to 80. But you'll think I went to eight sessions and and, and we figured something out that I ought to do. So I did it. And it's yeah. working. You know, <laughs> which yeah, is not actually it's that's not true for a lot of people. Yeah, I have to confess to being really proud of that. Uh so uh, you're, of course, you're right. Do I still have issues? Of course, every human being has issues. Yeah. Of course, right? And you know, and problems and things I got to get past and right. figuring out how to get past it, etc. Right? But, but like, there was like an operating system in my head that kept telling me I was inferior, and yeah, getting well, rid of that is just made all the difference in the world, right? And so that's where the the confidence in who I am. Not that I'm great, but that I I'm confident that I know who I am, and I don't have to change it, right? That that's where that comes from. Um, and um, yeah, and, and look, uh, this is we'll get to the point of maybe annoying some folks, and I and I hate oh, that I it think does. We're past but that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's we might have crossed yeah. that Rubicon a while <laughs> yeah. back. Yeah, but um. No, I, what I wanted to say is that everything is a choice, and that bothers people even more because you're like, oh, I don't. If you tell me it's a choice, you're putting it on me, and that's going to stress me out more, right? But uh, like, I like I made the choice to be happy, and so I am, and uh, and that sounds like oh bullshit. That doesn't work that way. No, as it turns out, it kind of does. Uh, no, I you, mean it, yeah, it does. It did for you, and and I don't I don't doubt that you chose to be happy. I mean I I know that. Some people cannot make that choice, right? They don't, uh, and and whether that's how they're wired or their own specific uh, uh, difficulties, traumas, however you want to call it, whatever it is. Um, but it is. There's no question that that you know. Again, that, that the environment where you were, you know, they may have missed the boat because immigrants didn't tell the immigrant son to that he was just as special as everybody else, or it didn't get. They probably did, but it didn't. Reach you, it didn't penetrate. Um, but you know, you like you. If you come from a good place, you're just in a much better position uh, uh, to to say things like that. I'm not minimizing it. It's great, and I think a lot of people in your position probably could make that decision to be happy and don't, which is almost criminal, especially from people who struggle with it. Like you want to go, hey man, you yeah. could do it, right? You know, you got all the circumstances are lined up, and but then that's again, that's getting in your own way. You don't get, you don't really get in your own way. Yeah, yeah, that that's all that means. Yeah, yeah. some people's uh, chemistry in their brain doesn't allow them to be happy. There's, and that's you got to go to a therapist, you got to go to a probably a psychiatrist for that. And I'm not judging you one percent. That's just the makeup of your brain. And and that's and you know I'm incredibly grateful that I'm in a privileged position on that. And by the way, I used to be very very poor, and now you know I'm okay. And uh, and. Has that made a difference? Of course, of course. If you'd come and told poor Jank, hey, choose to be happy, I would have probably told you to fuck off, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, 
that that's real too, of course, right? But you know, I'm in a middle class neighborhood for LA. Okay, let's put it that way, right? And so it's not like Brentwood or Beverly Hills or anything like that, and it's not a poor neighborhood. Uh, and I and I wonder how many people in this neighborhood have any idea how freaking awesome it is, <laughs> and you know, and how much are constantly worried about. God damn it, I'm not in Brentwood, I'm not in Santa Monica, I'm not in Beverly Hills, right? And instead of thinking, holy cow, look at this, I'm in this lovely place. Look at all these roses that my neighbors have. Why do they have so many roses? I love it. (laughs) 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 So that's what I mean by it's a choice. Uh, There's always a thousand good things in your life, always a thousand bad things. The question is, what do you focus on? You know, there's no question that uh, you can make happiness a choice because Psychologists are now going way past that. I read an article sometime last year about related to people who have chronic pain, and there's a a bunch of therapists who are out there telling you that pain is a choice. And pain is largely psycho- psychological, and if you tra- go through therapy and you train yourself, you can uh, choose or learn not to feel as much pain as you did before. That sounds even crazier, but I, I kind of believed what I was reading. It, it, that's a lot harder than choosing or not to be or not to be happy, but it's probably doable to some degree. Yeah, anything is possible. I do something slightly different with pain, but but I'm a little bit more skeptical about pain because it's physical, right? And so what I do with pain is I say, okay, as long as it's temporary, like try to, get something out of that experience. In a sense, enjoy the experience of being in pain. And that's even crazier in a sense, right? But I, that works for me. And so I soak in the pain. And because it's a human emotion, etc. Ben, your facial expression, you speak <laughs> for the audience. I know that, okay, yeah, yeah. and you are right. But that's, hey, look, I, I'm able to do that. But guys, I wanna tell you something more important um, for the audience out there, look guys, other people's impression. What made the biggest difference for me is that you don't have to accept other people's impression of you and their demands of you, right? That's the number one thing that stresses us out. That's why Ben is constantly thinking, "Did I do it right? Is it did I do that? And is it, should I have done this or should I have done that?" Because people are constantly fucking judging you, right? And my point to you is, don't let them. Okay, ninety percent of the time that they're judging, look. I don't know if 90% is the right number. Maybe it's 70-30. Maybe 30% of the time you're being a dick. And when someone's judging you, you should like pause and go, hey, wait, did I hurt someone? Did I do something wrong? Do that analysis. That's really important. Don't just dismiss it out of hand, right? But if you come to the conclusion that you haven't really hurt anyone else, they're just judging you or shaming you or whatever based on some social etiquette or cultural reason or religious reason based on rules from 2000 years ago or the community or this or that. Block them, don't let them judge you, do not accept their judgment. Sorry, close for business. And that's what I've gotten really good at. So, oh, hey, you did this and I think that's really bad. That's shameful or you should feel guilty about that. Well, that's like your opinion, man. I don't agree and and I'm not accepting your point of view on it. And by the way, that drives people crazy. So don't tell folks too much, <laughs> but but yeah, yeah, I and so sad day for you. I do not accept your judgment of me. Yeah, and well, it'll make you ten times happier. 
It's hard to do, hard to do. But I mean, I'm with you. That's totally right, Hart. But it's uh, it's definitely hard to do. I mean, we're, we're we're wired. You know, I mean, I've said this a thousand times, but I mean, it's just so true in the social media age. You know, we're wired to. Uh, you know, to respond more strongly to negativity. I mean, politicians figured this out a long time ago, right? You scare people, they'll vote, right? You can, you know, you got to really inspire them to equate what a little fear will do, right? It is not even, right? Um, and so, you know, that's why negative ads work, right? And and for the eight billionth time, that's why you can say something on Twitter and. You know, whatever, get, you know, in your case, Janko, a thousand retweets and 5,000 likes or whatever, but 57 people call you a, a, a big fat tub of goo, right? And a communist or whatever it is that actually, that none of that stuff is going to offend you, but I mean, or bother you or reach you. But I mean, you know, or just get it wrong or, you know, bring something in, bring a straw man argument in and accuse you of doing, being a hypocrite about something else. And you're focused on that. I mean, not you necessarily, but humans, like we focus on that. We can't yeah. help it. I mean, I'll say something and then one person on that I'm sitting there responding to one guy and I'm, I'm like, yeah, I said something funny and a, a thousand people probably liked it. Or, you know, most people had no reaction to it at all. Of course, that's the great thing when you like, you know, look at the Twitter interactions, you're like 80,000 people interacted with this tweet. Most of them did nothing, right? <laughs> they don't care, right? They don't care because they've got to brush their teeth. Because their kid is crying, because their dog needs food, because they want to sit down and we and watch King of Queens, right? But somebody responds negatively, man, it's really, really hard not to say fuck you and get into it. Really, yeah. Hard. No, and I'm of course I'm human. So when I sometimes that happens to me too, and I get agitated and yeah. I'll stew in it or I'll respond when I sometimes when I shouldn't respond, um, but. Uh, but overall, like here, I'll give you a, a needlessly personal uh, example. So, and I don't want my parents feeling bad about it, but I'm pretty sure they're not watching the second members only episode of Old School. Um, so here's something that used to really bother me, and it was such a weird, random thing. But I, once I explain it, you'll see why. Um, anytime that my parents talked about one of my cousins, uh, they would light up because she was working for a. a a big corporation. She's in Turkey, but working for a big corporation. And then she went to like the Gulf states and worked for them. I forget if it was Procter and Gamble, but some giant multinational corporation. And every time they talk about her, they're like, "Oh, she is doing so great, so great, right?" And I know that Turkish immigrants, and I didn't actually fully realize when I did it, but I realized it afterwards, many years later, that when I became, I went to Wharton and I went, got a law degree. Uh, we know, and then, I got. It. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and, okay. Right. Yeah. No, no. But there's a reason that I bring that up in this context. Okay. I got it. I know. I know. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah. And then I, I became a talk show host and, uh, on public access, right? Not and public I, access. Just let it go, Jenk. I got it. You're great. <laughs> You're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't fully realize back then to what degree every Turkish parent instantly wrote me off, and like, oh. Poor Dogen and Nuket, they almost had it. And their son was working as a lawyer in Washington, D.C., and he had these degrees. Uh, and he now decided to become a bum and a loser. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. That well, that's, the thing, that's the thing you were talking about 10 minutes ago, right? I mean, it's all part of that same psychology that you're not quite good enough. That's, that's definitely part of that same way of thinking. 
Yeah, exactly. Except that this time it was coming from the other side. It was coming yeah, from right, the immigrants. I got you. Sure, right. Okay. Doesn't mean it can't, doesn't mean it can't also come from the immigrants, right? There's a standard yeah. you're supposed to meet as a child of of immigrants, right? And uh, you know, and you were oh, you were meeting it. Oh wow, what a he failed and what a letdown. How, how disappointing that's going to be to you. I can't believe that kid's going to disappoint his parents like that. Yeah, 100%. And in the, I'm sure this is true for a lot of immigrant communities, but certainly in the Turkish community, if you go into entertainment, they think instantly, loser, no chance. No actor, they think everyone in entertainment is an actor and that no actors have any chance of ever making it. That it's a complete fool's errand. Your chance of being successful is approximately 0%. They're not wrong. It's slightly higher, slightly yeah. higher, but <laughs> they're in the ballpark. Anyway, uh, so, but whereas I thought in my head, no, I'm of course I'm gonna one day set up a business and we're gonna do a media company, et cetera. But I didn't, I never communicate that to anybody and how would they know, right? Anyways, long way of saying, so I realized recently that when my parents were talking about my cousin and like, uh, talking, saying how great she was, it bothered me because I realized, oh, because my parents are also Turkish immigrants and they can't help themselves. They think that that corporate job is the gold standard, and that's like the awesome thing to do. And our son, well, he went into media, okay, and so they don't mean it. They're really good people. They don't mean it, but that was their mindset because of their cultural background. And Ben, when I realized. They can't help but think that it helped me sure. shut that off. Yeah, that like, makes sense. Yeah, that that's useful. That's uh, that's useful. You know, yeah, I, hear you. I had uh, it's not immigrant, but I had much of the same. My mom was just everybody's hardship was worse than yours. So whatever problem you had was a first world problem that if you had your head together, you wouldn't be complaining about, right? You know, the basic, you yeah. got a roof over, you know, and then she would hit you with, you know, I, I mean, she wouldn't do it this dramatically, but, but, you know, she was a child of the depression and she came home from school one day and the home was gone or the, the house home was no longer theirs and their, you know, their, their furniture and belongings were out on the front, right? Um, another day to the, her next door neighbor, Japanese family, they were gone, right? Interred. Um, and, you know, used to chew tar because they couldn't afford chewing gum. My favorite mom, poor story that they would chew tar when the streets pavers came through and they would go in and get the tar while it was hot so they could chew that. And you know, and I would be like, oh my God, that's amazing. You were so poor. And now I think, who needs to chew gum that badly? Like just don't have gum. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's okay. You don't just no gum today. I'm not gonna chew the tar. Um, there are a lot of days, mom, that I don't have gum. <laughs> just wanna point that out. Um, so, but she would always talk about other people's suffering. And then no matter what you, that it was more than yours, right? So instantly there was a sense that something was bothering me. Don't take it to her, right? Cause she's not gonna approve of your suffering. She won't sanction it. Uh, and then there was the notion, as you mentioned about your cousin, that's what really rang true is that my mom was always talking about relatives who were close to us who were suffering that I wasn't reaching out to. And that came with the weight of relatives on her side of the family who weren't in any way famous as opposed to relatives on my father's side of the family who I was closer to uh, who were famous, even though many of them suffered also, right? In some way, because they were humans. But, and so then there was that guilt of like, oh, I only like the special half when, you know, now I know 
it's really not an eight year old's job to meet his mother's family in California. Like she didn't introduce me to these people. That's why I don't know them. I, I now know I didn't decide to only like that side of the family. I wasn't even close to that side of the family. It's the crazy. I wasn't close to either side of the family. We, we lived sort of isolated from most of the Mankiewicz's and the Jollies, which was my mom's name. But there was this constant sense that one, your problems aren't good enough, and you think you're so special. You don't even have to check in on your cousin Phil who broke his leg, right? You think you could call Phil? He broke his leg. He's in the hospital. He might lose the leg. You know, she was always telling us, you know, and I'd be like, I don't know Phil. Why would Phil want to hear from me? I don't know Phil. You'd know him if he were on your father's side of the family. What? <laughs> your cousin. You're the mom. But you know, and so I, I so again, and that created this, and that's the site that is lame as that is, and I do think it's lame, especially for a man of my age. That uh, that sense of what my responsibilities are and to whom I bear responsibility uh, uh, is a huge motivator. And then some of the behavior that I've engaged in over my life that is not behavior that I would go bragging about. I think a lot of it is to say to my mom, hey, what do you think now? Fuck you. Look what I did now. Right? You know, to sort of like you think you were disappointed before. <laughs> Wait till I tell you what happened. So yeah. But that's yeah. embarrassing to me. It really is. And especially on the show. But I mean it's just that's not how I, you know, that's not how I imagined going through life. But I think we froze, so I don't think I have anything to worry about. No, 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 you, you, you I didn't. heard it all. <laughs> yeah, we heard it. <laughs> Sorry to say you didn't freeze on that one. Um, except you just froze there. Okay, um, so wait till your mom finds out. Well, she's passed away, so she oh. can't. But uh, that uh, three people on your dad's side of the family have lost legs, and you never called them. <laughs> Is that a thing that happens? People losing legs at that rate? Okay, <laughs> anyways, um, it would have been great if you were like, He's not gonna lose a mom, like mom, I'm past it. Um, okay, but I- um, When did I go out? How, how how far did you get me before I froze? No, no, you finished the whole thing, unfortunately That's for you. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 um, yeah. you're right, Ben. You're right though, We, but the thing is, that's you gotta get to the point where you recognize it before you can put it away. Right. Yeah. So like but that's, but I, but, but, but the recognizing part is so much easier than the putting away part. Well, that's right. And I tell uh, my wife that all the time. There's one thing is realizing something, the other thing is internalizing it. And that's much that's right. harder. Right. Yeah. And so I was watching a TV show. This uh, woman goes to go take care of her mom, and her mom's constantly yelling at her and like throwing stuff and just heaping abuse on her. And now that I have the new mentality, my old mentality was people are allowed to be mean to me, but I am not allowed to be mean to them. My new mentality is, wait, they're not allowed to be mean to me either. Right, <laughs> okay. right. yeah. And mm -hmm. so, so as I was watching that scene for the first time ever, I thought, why don't you just tell your mom, hey, do you hear yourself? Look at how over the top, ridiculously mean you're being to me. So. I'm not going to accept it. So it's your call. Either straighten up, and I'll give you more apple pie, or it's like it's not a question of my interpretation versus your interpretation. No, you're. And even if it was, I don't care. I don't like you talking like that to me. So I'm just not going to accept it. And I was, uh, and now it's your decision on how you want to deal with that fact. That's right. 
That's right, and you just but you have to be prepared that that response to now it's your decision for how you want to deal with that might be like that they don't talk to you, right? Which when yep. it's your parents, a big deal. So a couple of things from when I was in therapy, which I haven't been in a couple of years, but I would my my brother Josh would frequently whenever he would have a fight, or at least in the last sort of 15 years of his life, of of her life, would. Would have a fight with my mom. He would say, like, you know, Holly, I am tired of you bringing everyone into your suffering and bringing us all down. You like suffering. You like talking about it. You like surrounding yourself with it. And I don't want to hear it. So if you're going to talk this way, this conversation's over, and you can give me a call sometime when you don't feel like wallowing in self pity. I'm sorry, Dad left you. I'm sorry, whatever. Like again, it's done. It's over, right? And I would be like, you know, and 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 stop blaming me and other people for it, right? And blaming people for going on with their lives, stuff like that. And I would say, you know, God, my mom was so, my brother was so harsh to my mom, and I'd repeat what he said, and inevitably, no matter what it was, and and I, including things much stronger than what I just used as example, uh, my therapist, a guy named Gary Penn, would say, yeah, yeah, you should do what your brother does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, instantly. Yeah, no question. No, He's I'm super to, curious what yeah. Dave thinks. Because if old Jenk would have thought like, "Ooh, Josh, that's too harsh." Right. New Jenk thinks, "Wait, that's a hundred percent correct." Hundred percent correct. Yeah, I, yeah. I know it's correct. Yeah. Well, is it correct because by saying those things, Josh is going to improve the life of his mom or your mom, or is that because Josh is going to feel better about himself? Why can't he just say nothing? Because what she's saying is offensive. To his soul, I don't mean like he's offended. Literally, it's unpleasant. It sucks. And when somebody is bringing you into their world of pain when you didn't deserve it, you were within your rights and probably uh, uh, psychologically healthy to say, "I'm not interested in this. I'm not here for this. You want to do this? Have at it. I'm I'm out." But it's can't he be psychologically strong enough to just ignore it? If that helps you. But if, but if at some point, because it's your mom, right, this seminal yeah. figure in your life, if you need to go, hey, I'm tired of hearing this, and this is nonsense and stupid, and if you don't like hearing that, I'm sorry, that's my belief. You, you, I can't make you believe it, but I'm telling you some. This is, but mostly, I'm out for it. Like, I'm yeah. not. You want to continue in it? Have at it. I can't control that, but I'm not hearing it. And then so she gets I, to make I, a decision. I have a little answer to Dave's question. It's both. It's Mainly for yourself, 60% for yourself, 40% for her. Um, and sometimes, Dave, if I think me saying it is not going to help the other person, I, I just think it to myself and I move on. And I, but I do not allow them to suck me into their, in that particular example, their, their wallowing yeah. in the in the misery, etc. That is definitely not allowed, and I'm I'm past it. But um, you yeah, know, but I, I think that's the word stupid there. Yeah, I I wouldn't add that 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 takes it too far. You don't. The per point isn't to insult your mom yeah. in that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't really think he ever did. I mean, he would he yeah. could have he always he could have trust me he could have gone farther, <laughs> but he would basically yeah. say, oh, knock it off. This is ridiculous. I'm tired of this and I'm not hearing it. If you want to wallow, have call somebody else. Yeah, and yeah. and sometimes I'll say to folks now like, hey, look, my perception. This is important. I say my perception is that you're doing this. I don't think it's great for you, and I don't particularly love it myself. So I'm out, and I'm not going to participate in that. And you know, hope you don't take offense at it. But I'm trying to help you by telling you I don't think that's great for you. Okay, 
I remember Ben's mom on uh, Parent Trap. It was all uh, happy and fun, and now we hear all this dark side. <laughs> yeah, she well, she was a mixed bag, and she loved me. There's no question she did, but she was a little bit poisonous. Um, and uh, but she was fun, and she, you know, and she, you know, her mom was nuts and a hoarder. We would now call her mom, right? And a, and and suffered totally through the depression. Um, lost her home, lost her husband three times. Same guy came back, left again. Um, and uh, you know, uh, uh, so she had her own history uh, to to deal with. So to Jenk's point about realizing that, hey man, this is just baked in for her, right? To sort of be a be comfortable with suffering. That's what she grew up with, right? She had to be comfortable with suffering. That helps a little bit. I mean, I didn't. I haven't dealt with it well. I just haven't. I don't deal with it well. I'm going to tell one story. One, can I just have one fun story to wrap things up? Uh, sort of. I've told it before, but it's been years. So all of that comes from. You know, I'm taking. I took parts of different stories, and in some cases, my mom went farther than I said. And in other cases, I was totally unfair to her. But basically, she did wallow in self pity and in the tragedy of others. So she calls me one day and she says, "You really ought to call your cousin Peter." And I'm like, oh, "What cousin Peter?" And she's like, "You know, Peter Uger." Right, you know, I'm like, I don't know him. She, of course, she did. She's, she's, he's Aunt uh, Margaret's uh, uh, brother's uh, uh, kid. And I'm like, I don't know him. She, well, you know, if you were on your father's side of the family, mom, I don't know him. All right, I'm a grown man. I'm 40 years old, and I don't know who you're talking about. Why? And I don't. Why would they want to call me? Well, you know, you're on television now. They love classic movies. You should really call them. Peter was at. Uh, uh, he and uh, he and Beth when uh, took the kids. Their two kids who were 13 and 14. They went to a, a Thanksgiving Day parade in their hometown and somewhere a small town in California. And they had a parade and they were on the float and Beth fell off the float. She got and then the float behind her, um, uh, uh ran over. Just crushed by the float behind her. Right? It's funny right. every time. Right. Right. I remember this story, right. and I feel bad, but it's funny every it's time. It's funny, right? And I'm like, and I, and so I laugh. I'm, I mean, I, you know, I'm like, I'm on the phone, so there's no, she's not, can't see me, and I'm like, I, I, that's, I'm so sorry. I don't know who you're talking about, but that's, uh, sorry. I don't, you know, Peter's beside himself with grief. That's what I remember her saying, using the word grief. Peter's beside himself with grief was in front of the kids. I don't know what he's going to do. He'd really appreciate a call, and I break down. Okay. All right, give, give me his number, right? I'm like, oh, I know, call Peter, who I've never met. I don't even think I've heard of him, right? Right? And I should feel bad about that because I haven't introduced myself to this random. You know, this is a, you know, but he'll probably, uh, and then she goes, okay, but call, you know, try and call him at night because during the hospital, he's there during the day talking to doctors because they don't know if they can, if she might lose the leg. Or lose hey, the foot. Lose, yeah, another yeah. Leg. yeah, right. She, she <laughs> might lose the foot. And I'm like, what? She's not dead? Right, <laughs> so she's gonna get like the worst case scenario is this woman gets a prosthetic foot and sees her kids graduate high school and get married and stays in love with fucking Peter who's so wonderful until they're both 85 years old or not. Like, mom, I'm not calling him. She broke her foot, right? She's fine, everybody's fine. But that's my mom, right? That sort of this tragedy needed to take over tragedy people you don't know that isn't really a tragedy. That's actually sort of fortunate, like, oh my God, Beth lives. <laughs> um, but she loved it. She loved it. She couldn't get out. She could she couldn't get out of her own way. My mom never could get out of her own way. Yeah. All right. We're out of time, but I gotta tell you two things I'm not gonna tell you and two things I am gonna tell you. On that one, uh, Ben, the first one is 
Look, my mom will say things like that. She'll be genuinely shocked when I don't know my third cousin removed that still lives in Kittis in the southeastern Turkey. Okay. She's like, you do that too? Okay. And I'll. No, I don't know Betu. I don't know. Okay, and I know you're genuinely shocked and chagrined by that, but I'm not because I just don't know her. I've never heard of her in my entire life, and then I'm okay. And so, uh, the things we're not going to get to the avocado conversation. I mean, you got to come back for the next episode because avocado, it has to be discussed. And I really want to ask Ben about, I mean, Dave about his parents and stuff, but we ran out of time. So I'm ending on giving Atomic Ann credit. She predicted while we were talking about pain, she wrote, Jenk is going to talk about savoring pain. God bless her. Yeah. Nice job. And by the way, like a dozen people wrote in the in the members' comments, all saying they think to themselves. Like they talk to themselves while thinking, so that issue is settled. I knew Chelsea Manning was wrong. Well, the person I want to ask is Albert Einstein. That that's the one who maybe thinks more abstractly, but we're not going to get that chance. No, 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 we're not going to get that chance. You know, you know. By the way, when he was sick, when he was old and dying, Dave, you never called him. You know, he would love. He would like to call. Well, I definitely would have. <laughs> well, you didn't, did you? Okay, yeah. You didn't write. You didn't call. And, and he now lived he's in New Jersey. Okay? Right. I'm, you know. He but, lived in New Jersey. Right. right. Wouldn't have been hard, would it? But somehow you were too busy. I'm just saying. Dave, he lived in New Jersey. He was a physics professor. Both your parents were physics prof- professors. It's a little, in New Jersey. It's a little inexcusable, Dave. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want you to feel shame about that, Shonda, Dave. Shonda. Okay, (laughs) it's a different kind of show though, but anyways. All right guys, we love you, we'll see you next time.